This is the Proactive IT Podcast. This week, the latest in IT and cybersecurity news, plus the DOD hacked, a new data breach protection bill proposed, and a January HIPAA breach report. This is episode 18. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Proactive IT Podcast. Each week, we talk about the latest in tech and cyber news, compliance, and more. We also bring you real-world examples to learn from so that you can better protect your business and your identity. This podcast is brought to you by Nawash Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant located in Central Connecticut. You can find us at nawajtech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. All right, welcome to Episode 18. Before we jump into things, uh, I want to ask that if you are listening to this, Thank you, first of all, but um, if you can just go over and wherever you're listening to it, if it's on Apple, Google, Stitcher, wherever you listen to this, just um, review, like us, share it, share it out, whatever the, the platform allows you to do, spread the word, because uh, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you are in a HIPAA-compliant business, meaning you are a business associate or a covered entity, hop on over to Facebook, type in Get HIPAA Search Compliance in the search. And like our, or join our group, I shouldn't say like, join our group. And in this way, you get to get all the latest HIPAA news that we share out and the podcasts and everything else in the group. Um, also some education as we do on this podcast, HIPAA education, right? Um, before we jump into Patch Tuesday, I do have a question this week. If PHI is accessible only from within the EHR software and users have unique passwords, Logins to and logins to the EHR software. Would you consider that sufficient? So what they're asking is, can the they use the shared login to the desktops around the office, and is that sufficient protection? Um, the answer to that is no. Um, and the reason that is, there's there's multiple reasons. One is you need to you need to isolate. PHI as much as possible. So that means unique logins. So if you did have a shared login, let's say, and somebody logged into a workstation and they logged into the EHR software and then they didn't log out for whatever reason, well, now that person is exposed because everybody in the office knows the password to that desktop, to that login. That's number one. Number two, you should have multi-factor authentication on the EHR. Um, Hopefully they all allow it at this point. And number three, you should have privacy screens on the desktops around the office, no matter where they are in the office, because you don't want to expose anything that shouldn't be exposed. There are are lots of ways that that could go wrong. Using the same login across all desktops can be a disaster um, in in more ways than one. Um, So hopefully that answers the question. Um, Let's jump into Patch Tuesday here. So we reported that Patch Tuesday... Last week included Microsoft's 2020 up uh, February 2020 rollout included 99 flaws, a few critical. Um, there have been some reports of issues with with Microsoft update, and so uh, Microsoft has actually removed one of the KBs, and I think there was an issue with a second one. Um, so if you have some up if if you have some issues after the updates, one of the issues I know was brand new login, uh, everything was missing. You know, uh, data, screen, uh, everything on the screen was missing. Icons were missing. It was almost like a new profile on the computer. That was one of the issues. The other issue, I believe, was um, I believe it couldn't boot up or, or it rebooted or something like that. Um, there are some fixes, and one of the KBs was removed. So uh, Google Chrome was updated last week. C- critical, uh, A critical Cisco CD. PWN flaw was fixed last week that broke network segmentation. We had Microsoft Office rollout last week, or I'm sorry, Office rollout the week before. Firefox uh, was updated this week. That was updated to 73.0.1, released with uh, fixes for Linux and Windows crashes. Cisco did release some more security updates, uh, I believe just yesterday or the day before. Adobe released updates for After Effects and Media Encoder. And VMware released security updates for re-realize 
operations for Horizon Adapter. So those all came out this week, including Firefox. So if you are using any of those, get those addressed immediately. Uh, that is the update section of our show. Let's jump into the news. Some good, some bad, some ugly, some not so ugly. Um, first up, reported on ZDNet, Iranian hackers have been hacking VPN servers to plant backdoors in companies around the world. So as we know, there have been some VPN servers that have been, or VPN uh, clients that have been found to have compromises, vulnerabilities in the last few weeks and months. Pulse Secure, Fortinet, Palo Alto, Citrix VPNs. Um, while Iranian, the Iranian hacker groups have been targeting these VPNs, if you haven't patched already, they're still targeting you. And if you did patch, you may want to check that they didn't already get in and now have set up backdoor. So 2019 will be remembered as the year when major security bugs were disclosed and a large number of enterprise VPN servers such as those sold by Pulse Secure, Palo Alto Networks, Fortinite, and Citrix. A new report published today, which this was published on uh, the 16th. Uh, a new report published today reveals that Iran's government backing hack, backed hacking units have made a top priority last year to exploit VPN bugs as soon as they became public in order to infiltrate and plant backdoors in companies all over the world. As you can imagine, the U.S. is probably a big target. According to a report from Israeli cybersecurity firm ClearSky, Iranian hackers have targeted companies from the IT, telecommunications, oil and gas, aviation, government, and security sectors. Some attacks happened hours after public disclosure. The report comes to dispel the notion that Iranian hackers are not sophisticated and less talented than their Russian, Chinese, or North Korean counterparts. Clear Sky says that Iranian APT groups have developed good technical offensive capabilities and are able to exploit one-day vulnerabilities in relatively short periods of time. In some instances, Clear Sky says it observed Iranian groups exploiting VPN flaws within hours after the bugs been, have been publicly disclosed. ATP stands for Advanced Persistent Threat and is a term often used to describe nation-state hacking units. ClearSky says that in 2019, Iranian hackers were quick to weaponize vulnerabilities disclosed in the Pulse Secure Connect VPN, the Fortinet Fort iOS, 40 iOS, 40 OS VPN, and Palo Alto Network's Global Protect. Attacks against these systems began last summer when details about the bugs were made public, but they also continued in 2020. Furthermore, as details about VPN flaws were made public, Iranian groups also included these exploits in their attacks. Uh, so that is not good news, especially if you have still not updated your VPN. You'll want to make sure that uh, even if you did update it, you'll want to make sure that you scan the network for any other vulner or not vulnerabilities, any other anomalies because that is a problem that is this going is to be a one big of those problem ones that i was talking about bleeping computer uh, plastic surgery patient photos info ten, exposed by leaky database ten, uh, so this is not a hidden issue because that your health care provider is not but i thought i'd share it hundreds of thousands program. of Lake i'm sharing it because health and clearly there was actually a similar issue in florida and i'll get to that in a second um why why it ties in hundreds of thousands of documents with plastic surgery patients stolen paper personal information and highly sensitive photos were exposed online by improper Properly secured Amazon's AWS S3 bucket. So here we go again on the one file properly set up buckets. Next motion is a French plastic surgery tech firm that provides imaging and patient management services to help 170 plastic surgery clinics from 35 countries. And document for digitize and market their practices. The company promises to the client before and after imaging issues. Reassure your patients, simplify your data management, and improve your and substance use services in Colorado is an ecosystem based on its independent cloud, which allows you to store and access your data wherever you are. was discovered on December 2nd. In that sense, all your data is covered. 2019, and a breaking news reported to law enforcement level as it was hosting patient information was taken by the perpetrator. Hoyt, it's possible the authorities and personal information of 1,319 patients was viewed by the thieves. That's the French Health Authority. In our case, AWS, who is certified. The and last thing so we're going to talk about so today two is here. Uh, there was um, some more PHI was exposed. 2019 healthcare um, data breach report and PHI was exposed. Uh, but there was Amazon is certified and authorized to be used 
in this scenario and in many scenarios breach because they have the correct between, safeguards uh, in place. However, over it is up to the individual who's setting it up to make sure that those safeguards are turned on. And Amazon will tell you that in so nine will Microsoft, records. So we'll Google. In 2019, so to 40 Azure GCP, it's 335,800. It is not Amazon's fault that it is the number is of the healthcare breaches of 500 or more records. did not know what they were doing year or records. Some 510. Uh, the other thing is now this isn't the same as a ransomware attack year. that occurred in Florida. Um, 2018 a, was 371 and it's been reconstruction decline since 2015. Um, practice. Um, they what were the hacked. They were hit ransomware. The largest but the healthcare the ransomware attack was then the largest images and, and information uh, they found uh, was actually called the patients million five hundred thousand. Hey, pay us a ransom. That was optimal. Well, we're going to expose that your stuff. One with Quest so Labs. This uh, is second a biggest big one reason why you want to um, make sure that these things are secured because now you're looking 10 at ten million two hundred one thousand seven hundred eighty-four laboratory corporation and your clients that was information being leaked to the world and that was uh, privacy so concerns. The first one, cons- data breach Optum concerns. There's was a lot of issues here, associated. and this is second all because somebody is a healthcare provider that was. Uh, both of those were hacked, and, and it's on by default, one, which Dominion is crazy. Dental Services so Inc. Dominion, the, the bucket being national insurance made public, which is a you have to actually turn that, that on. And uh, two million nine hundred sixty-four thousand. So by default, it is secured. And that was also to hacked. not Clinical allow the public to be able to see another it. lab healthcare provider. So uh, that was um, one moving along. Bleeping computer Windows 10x to feature faster updates. Win32 app support. So Windows 10x is a new media flavor health. of Windows 10 designed no, for dual media, dual screen media, devices media, such as Microsoft's media, own Surface Neo. Microsoft's 10x is arriving later this year, but we've already gotten a closer look at the new OS thanks to Microsoft's emulator and leaked documents. On February 11th, Microsoft revealed much more about the Windows 10x, including what's under the hood and how it'll run Win32 desktop apps, that's 32-bit apps. Most apps are now 64-bit, but there are still some 32-bit apps out there. Windows updates to get faster. Windows 10x is technically separated from OS components such as the drivers and apps, which allows Windows 10x to Updates practice plan better than traditional versions of Windows 10. At Microsoft's 365 Developer Day, Microsoft said Windows 10X offers significantly improved updates experience. Labs, According to Microsoft, Windows 10X can install updates in less than 90 seconds, and it requires and only and one reboot. That one, it doesn't After downloading the files in the online space on Windows 10X, uses an offline partition, and then on the device where it saves update files, goes up to the data point to another partition. Majority of them, when it is used for system updates during the reboot, which allows OS to install updates in a matter of Organizations affected by the, the base of Windows 10 X separated from data apps that was drivers the, and the it uses virtual machine like container to run apps. Right, so they're going to use. I keep saying uh, containers. Optum. So you yeah, have so Quest Diagnostics. Um, LabCorp container has its own pathology drivers registered to protect the OS from potential malware. So labs, this, this American Esoteric Labs, um, Sunrise Medical Labs, Inform. Diagnostics, CBL labs, but laboratory medicine control, Wisconsin Diagnostics, CompuNet. So that is happening. Austin Pathology, Microsoft Hospital, integrated regional labs. Also going to make it so that you can choose pathology solutions, Westfield Hospital and Medical Center, and not have to install all the Seacoast Pathology, Arizona Dermatology. Computer reports bring forces to FA on all users secure cameras from hackers. Pathology, because we know a few weeks ago, a month or two ago, there were a number of incidents where ring cameras were compromised um, and the HHS um, office creepy of old guys or whatever were one of the five different categories trying to talk to children watching people access disclosure um, theft you know, whatever various activities they proper disposal they could think six, of lost 15 um, then it turned out that the reason all those were compromised disclosure was because we and hacking the IT's owners of the cameras were not using uh, good strong passwords there were uh, passwords that, that were not reused enough and so they were easily compromised um, and and so data breach locations. What we learned from that other is we need strong passwords. Fifteen laptops that were not used before. Four electronic medical records. Strong passwords being lowercase up to case numbers. Paper letters, films, numbers in network characters. servers. One hundred and thirty-two. In the clear more here, characters the better. Email. Two hundred fourteen. Um, now that uh, um, means there is a Amazon lack is forcing ring users to use two FA, which is good, a good step. This need, it needed to happen. States because it's not happening. People are not enabling it, uh, and that is exposing them. Texas, California, Illinois, New York, Ohio, Minnesota, Florida, Cyware. Missouri, we Michigan. have. And then sorry, I don't have anything on cyber Actually, I'm I do, and I'll get again. to that in a moment. That's that's in our year, hot topics. Ranging anywhere from um, ten thousand on ZDNet. Exclusive details of ten point six million 
MGM hotel guest posted on hacking forum. So MGM Resort said security incident took place last summer and notified impacted guests last year. So so that's an incident last year MGM. You can go read it there. Where they were hacked. A lot of records exposed. Exposed 10.6 million users. MGM reportedly sent out notification to the 10.6 million people. It's actually almost 10.7 Tons of information to go about technology hotel guest clients life. Until um, next week's day secure. I don't know. I don't remember seeing this last year, so I don't know if, if it was reported to the media last year. It's hard to believe that if 10.7 million people were impacted that it wasn't reported, but it, it did happen. And now that data is on a hacking forum. So now that all of that data has been dumped and was shared to the world. So included in the leaked files are personal details such as full names, home addresses, phone numbers, emails, and dates of birth. ZDNet reached out to, and this includes normal guests, you know, the, the general public, but it also includes uh, celebrities, tech CEOs, reporters, government officials, and, and employees of some of the largest world's largest tech companies. So um, some what, what we'll see from this is SIM swapping and spear phishing. So that information will now get used because now it's available to the world and you'll start to see SIM swapping and spear phishing. So if we're not aware, SIM swapping is the, it's not really swapping, you're actually cloning a SIM. And then spear phishing is targeted phishing. So we're now saying I have, as an example, Mark Zuckerberg's uh, email address and, and or phone number and I'm going to target him with phishing. All right, and also on ZDNet, DOD, this was reported just this morning as I'm recording this just a few hours ago. DOD, Department of Defense, DISA, which is Defense Information Systems Agency, discloses data breach. The Defense Information Systems Agency handles IT and telecommunications support for the White House and military troops. The Defense The Defense Information Systems Agency, a Department of Defense agency tasked with providing secure telecommunications and IT support for the White House, U.S. diplomats, and military troops has disclosed a data breach. According to breach notification letters sent to DISA employees last week, the security incident took place between May and July of 2019 when a DISA system may have been compromised. DISA says that employee personal information including social security numbers, was exposed during this time frame, but did not say how many were impacted. The DOD agency did not provide any other details about the breach. However, it did add that it had no evidence to suggest that employees' personal data was misused prior to sending the notification letter. And there is actually a tweet from someone with the notification letter. So you can read the notification letter. A little generic. Um, and we saw I saw an example of one this week from a local Connecticut company, um, I don't know if it's been made public yet, but I do know that some of their clients received an email saying that they were compromised, but very little detail, uh, so very generic. So if once that becomes public, I will probably share it. Um, DISA employs around 8,000 military and civilian employees, according to Reuters, which first spotted the notification letter earlier today. The agency, in accordance with U.S. law, has now offered free credit monitoring to all impacted. The second data breach the DOD has disclosed in the last two years, in October 2018, more than 30,000 DOD military and civilian personnel had their personal and payment card details exposed via security breach at a third-party contractor. So this is the Department of Defense. This is the people that are supposed to be um, ahead of the game with security. And if so, if they're vulnerable, everybody's vulnerable. And that means you need to up your game. You know, it's not about, it's, it's more about, uh, mitigating the risk, so reducing the risk as much as possible because there's always a risk. Instead of 100% risk, let's make it 10% risk, or you know, I'm just throwing numbers out there, but you get the idea. Let's let's reduce the risk as much as possible and then also make it the recovery as easy as possible. Um, all right, that's the news. Then we're going to move on to our hot topics for the week. Right, it's time to get thrown into the fire. Uh, I'm not really going into the fire, but uh, we have some hot topics I wanted to go over. 
and um, maybe get your feedback. But let's start with this that I found on westfareonline.com. This is this was reported last year in August, but it's important to illustrate this because of conversations I've had this week alone about, you know, what is my, how much money am I going to make if my IT is better off? So if I, if an IT vendor comes in and improves all my computers and, you know, improves all my processes for, for technology and secures it, and if there's compliance involved, we're, we're more compliant now, how much money is that going to make me? Well, the answer is it's probably not going to improve your, your, um, revenue, but it will deter the possibility of this happening. And so IBM average data breach costs U.S. companies $8.19 million. IBM, the R. Monk headquartered pioneer in information technology, has issued a report examining the financial impact of what are among the hazards most feared by businesses that rely on modern computer systems, that is data breaches. 2019 report on the cost of data breaches was sponsored by IBM Security and researched by the Ponemum Institute in Traverse City, Michigan. Ponemum reached out to 507 companies around the world that sustained data breaches between July 2018 and April of 2019 and conducted 3,211 separate interviews. Data breaches ranged from a low of 2,000 compromised records to slightly more than 100,000 records. And now, so we know there are data breaches larger than that. Numerous factors were examined, such as legal, regulatory, and technical costs, loss of brand equity, which I've stated multiple times. It's not just about recovery and and technical upgrades. It's also you're going to lose some of your brand equity. Customer turnover, you'll lose some of that too, and the drain on employee productivity. The study examined both accidental breaches and deliberate actions such as hacking. The report found that the average data breach involved 25,575 computer records. It found that on average it took a company 279 days to realize that its data had been hacked or otherwise compromised and take action dealing with the breach. Each affected computer re- re- record cost companies an average of $150 according to the report. So if you have 100,000 records, you're now looking at $15 million. The U.S. had the highest average cost of data breach per company at $8.19 million compared with the average worldwide cost per company of $3.92 million. The healthcare industry had the highest cost of all industries industries studied at $6.45 million per data breach, about 60% higher than the average of the other industries. 17 industries were examined, such as transportation, communication, pharmaceuticals, and hospitality. When IBM began reporting on the cost of data breaches in 2006, so 13 years ago, the average impact on U.S. business was $3.5 million, so it has more than doubled since then. The report said that the cost figures of data breaches that were studied do not apply to catastrophic mega data breaches, such such those which affect major collectors of data, such as Equifax or Facebook. So Equifax was back in 2017, and uh, Facebook has had a few incidents. So uh, um, the study found that small and mid-sized Businesses suffered the worst financial consequences from data breaches when viewed in the context of their financial situations. The average loss for companies with fewer than 500 employees was $2.5 million per breach, quite significant in the view of a study categorizing these businesses having annual revenues of less than $50 million. This is the 14th year that IBM has issued the report, and for the first time it examines the longer-term impacts of data breach. While on average 67% of data breach costs were handled in the first year after the breach, 22% accrued in the second year with another 11% accumulating more than two years after the breach took place. So it's an ongoing expense. Malicious attacks such as hacking via the internet cost companies an average of $4.45 million, which was an average of $1 million more than the cost of data breaches resulting from system problems or human error. These inadvertent breaches were responsible for about 49% of the losses. Having automated security technologies in place was a cost saver, according to a report, with the average cost of breach being cut to about $2.65 million. If a company made extensive use of encryption, the total cost of data breach was cut by about $360,000. So these are you know, automated security, um, encryption, extensive use of encryption. These are all things that cut the cost of, of a data breach if it happens. It also reduces the chance that you are breached. The report said that 
An organization's ability to respond effectively after a data breach is strengthened by the presence of an incident response team that follows a plan. Call statements are produced when there has been extensive testing with the IR plan. The organizations conduct an extensive retesting of an IR plan had breach costs that were $1.23 million less than costs faced by other organizations. So now have a plan reduces your cost. The 2019 report showed that a business is 31% more likely to experience a data breach today than it would have in 2014. Back then, an organization had 22.6% chance of experiencing a data breach with a two-year period. Within a two-year period, in 2018, that rec- increased to 27.9% chance. That means more. You have more than 25% chance. Um, if if so, let's put that in perspective. If you had a t- t- almost 28% chance of winning the lotto, would you play it? I would. And so that means you're playing with with fire if you're not doing your part in trying to mitigate the risk. Um, Cyware, U.S. Senator proposes new data protection bill. Um, so I shared this on, on the daily podcast that I do. And then um, a, a peer of mine sent it to me in an email and said, you should share this out over LinkedIn. And so I did at her request. And uh, it really is important to have these conversations. Whether this bill comes to fruition or not, I don't know. Whether it comes to be as as it is at the moment, I don't know. But it's important to have these conversations, not just in the government, but in IT and in business. Because data breaches are reaching astronomical numbers. And I don't know that privacy exists anymore. That's the scary thing. So um, the sent. The senator, so this is Senator um, Gillibrand. I'm looking for the full, Kirsten Gillibrand or Gillibrand. I'm not sure how to say her last name. It's Gillibrand or Gillibrand. She's a U.S. senator from New York. She argues that the FTC Act does not address data protection challenges, which I would agree. The law, if passed, would apply to any company with revenues over $25 million or which manages the personal data of 50,000 or more people. I would argue we need to lower those numbers, to be honest. We need to hold businesses accountable because as I um, discussed in the daily podcast this morning, businesses, not all businesses, but some business owners don't value, don't put a value to client data. So that is if you're a client of a business and so they have your information, your name, email address, physical address, your birthday, your social security number, your driver's license number, your credit card information, those things, some business owners do not think that that has any dollar amount attached to it. it doesn't have any value to them and so if they were to be compromised and that information is stolen to them it's like okay so um despite the fact that they will probably be fined and um you know reputation will they'll take a reputation hit and all of these things they're not concerned with it and so i actually spoke to a business owner who feels this way they did not did not really care to do anything with IT, even though there were some glaring holes in his IT security, did not really care to do anything with it because it wasn't going to make him any money. Um, and that is how some business owners operate. The, a U.S. Senator from New York announced draft legislation known as the Data Protection Act to establish an independent data protection agency in the country. Kirsten Gillibrand, the U.S. Senator for New York, released a draft legislation last week. According to Gillibrand, the U.S. lags behind in addressing data protection challenges and many other challenges of the digital age. The U.S. also doesn't have a single dedicated body for enforcing data privacy rules. My legislation would establish an independent federal agency, the Data Protection Agency, that would serve as a referee to define, arbitrate, and enforce rules to defend the protection of our personal data, wrote Gillibrand in the Medium blog that she posted before announcing the Data Protection Act. So alleged flaws in the FTC Act, as the Senator argued, the FCC Act can't issue fines for privacy violations immediately in case of a privacy violation. Instead, a consent decree, the violator has to agree that it won't won't violate rules again, is issued to the defaulter, and then a fine is imposed when the company violates that decree. So it's sort of like HIPAA. The OCR will come in and say... um, we will, here's what you need to fix, and if you fix it, great. If you don't, then we'll be back. This was the reason behind Facebook being fined $5 billion after eight years 
for privacy infractions in 2011. The Senate argues that the FCC is not focused on privacy issues, hence the need for federal data protection agency dedicated to the task with three core missions. And so here are the three core missions. The first would give Americans control over their own data by enforcing data protection rules. Authorities would be able to not just conduct investigations and share its findings, but impose civil penalties. The second mission would aim at promoting privacy innovations, including technologies that minimize the collection of personal data or eliminate it altogether. And finally, the third mission would be to prepare American government for the digital age through advising on emerging emerging privacy issues and presenting the U.S. at international privacy forums. The law, if passed, would apply to any company that revenues over $25 million or which manages the personal data of 50000 or more. A noteworthy clause in the bill states that an organization deriving half of its revenue from the sale of personal data are covered under this law. This clause may many of the large social media or search platforms that collect user data and use it internally to target ads for its clients. So that, um, I mean, I'm, I would think that they would fall into that anyway. But So that's interesting that maybe they're taking shots at Google, Facebook, and Twitter and things like that. Um, so again, I think there, there may be some things here that need to change. I don't think $25 million is, I think that's too high of a threshold. And 50,000 or more people I think is also too high of a threshold. Um, I think it needs to change a little bit, but I think this is a start. The conversation has started and it needs to continue. And we have the January 2020 healthcare data breach report roundup. Good news is we are down from the previous month. In January, healthcare data breaches of 500 or more records were reported to the Department of Health and Human Services Office of Civil Rights at a rate of more than one per day. As our as our 2019 healthcare data breach report showed, 2019 it was a particularly bad year for healthcare data breaches, with 510 data breaches reported by HIPAA covered entities and their business associates. That equates to rate of 12 or 42.5 breaches per month. January's figures were an improvement with a reporting rate of 1.03 breaches per day. That was also a 15.78% decrease in reported breaches compared to December of 2019. So that is good news. However, um, and I don't see it here, the comparison to January of last year, but February of last year was 32, so in January of this year is 33. So we'll have to wait and see if if uh, the numbers, well, here we go. Okay, so January of last year had 35, and this year was 32. So January of last year was the worst January on record since 2015. Um, while the number of breaches was down, the number of breached records increased by 17.71% month over month. 462,856 healthcare records were exposed on or impermissibly disclosed across 32 reported data breaches, as the graph shows. So there is a graph here. The severity of data breaches has increased in recent years. So in 2019, there were 577,511 records breached um, in January. This this January was 462, which is actually less than 2018 even, but it's still significantly higher than before 2018. And the largest healthcare uh, data breaches in January of 2020, we have PIH Health, uh, which was hacking IT incident email. You know what? I'm not even going to tell you. I'll just tell you which ones were not email because most of them are email. Douglas County Hospital, DBA, Alamir Health, 49,351. Intermed PA, 33,000. Fondren Orthopedic Group, LLP, uh, 30,049, that was a network server that was hacked. Uh, Native American Rehabilitation Association of Northwest Inc. was 25,187. Central Kansas City Orthopedic Group, LLC, 17,214. That was also a network server that was hacked. Hospital Sisters Health Systems, 16,167. Spectrum Healthcare Partners, 11,308. Original Medicare, I'm not sure what that is, but... It says health plan. Um, that was other, and that says unauthorized access and disclosure. But it says other, so I'm not sure what other is. I don't remember seeing that in in the uh, on the Daily Show. Lawrenceville Internal Medicine Association LLC, eight thousand thirty-one. So of the ten top ten reported, seven of them were email. This is a big problem. 
Um, January 2020, healthcare data breaches causes of breaches. Two were theft, two were improper disposal, nine unauthorized access or disclosure, and 19 hacking IT incident. And breach type, uh, number of records exposed. So 416,275 records were hacking, 26,450 unauthorized access or disclosure. 2,812 improper disposal, and 11,284 were theft. And then the location of the breach data, 16 overall, 16 of them email. 18 paper films, five other, five network server, two network, uh, two electronic medical records, and one desktop computer. Um, two were business associates this year, or this month, January. Five of them were health plans, and 25 were covered entities. Uh, that is, so that's the roundup for January numbers slightly better than, than January of last year and slightly better than December. Uh, but I don't think it's, I, I don't, I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. I think, you know, I don't, I think this year will be worse than last year. Um, that is going to do it for our hot topics of the day. Let's move on. All right, we're going to talk about another settlement from last year. This time, OCR secures $2.175 million HIPAA settlement after hospitals failed to properly notify HHS of breach of unsecured protected health information. So th that uh, this is Centara Hospitals, um, which we've talked about before, but we haven't really gone through the actual settlement in detail. And I think it's going to help you understand why the breach breach report rules are in place and why you can't ignore them. Um, so let's jump in. So here's the press release from the OCR. OCR secures $2.175 million HIPAA settlement after hospitals failed to properly notify HHS of a breach of unsecured protected health information. In an agreement with the Office of Civil Rights at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Centara Hospitals have agreed to take corrective actions and pay $2.175 million to settle potential violations of the Health, Inf Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, breach notification and privacy rules. Centara is compromised or comprised of 12 acute care hospitals with more than 300 sites of care throughout Virginia and North Carolina. In April of 2017, notice it's, it took uh, a, little, a little over two years to, to come to this settlement, by the way. In April of 2017, HHS received a complaint alleging that Centara had sent a bill to an individual containing another patient's protected health information. One complaint is all it took. OCR's investigation determined that Centara mailed 577 patients' PHI to wrong addresses that included patient names. So I, I want everybody to pay attention to the numbers here. So one complaint, 577 patients. Not a lot by any stretch of the imagination, right? PHI to wrong addresses that included patient names, account numbers, and dates of service. Centara reported this incident as a breach affecting eight individuals because Centara concluded incorrectly that unless the disclosure included patient diagnosis, treatment information, or other medical information, no reportable br breach of PHI had occurred. Centara persisted in its refusal to properly report the breach even after being explicitly advised of their duty to do so by the OCR. OCR also determined that Centara failed to have a business associate agreement in place with Centara Healthcare, an entity that performed business associate services for Centara. So Centara Healthcare is likely a subsidiary of Centara, so they probably felt, well, it's the same company. I don't need to, this business associate agreement, but they are wrong. So one complaint, 577 total patients impacted, and eight individuals that they believe, Centara believed, were impacted. Centara insisted that they were right, and as a result, now have this uh, large $2.175 million settlement, and they have a cap, a corrective action plan. HIPAA compliance depends on accurate and timely self-reporting of breaches because patients and the public have a right to know when sensitive information has been exposed, said Roger Severino, OCR director. When healthcare providers blatantly fail to report breaches as required by law, they should expect vigorous enforcement action by the OCR. So that's a pretty strong statement there. 
and that means uh, if you don't do what you're supposed to do when you are breached, and I can promise you there are healthcare providers and other businesses out there that don't report when they should be. Uh, um, if you don't do your part, you're looking at big money. Now, Centara Hospitals is 12 hospitals and more than 300 sites, and $2.175 million is probably a drop in a bucket, and I would imagine the cap probably costs more than that. Uh, in addition to the monetary settlements, Centara will undertake a corrective action plan that includes two years of monitoring the resolution agreement and corrective action plan that we're going to review now is linked to the press report. And so here it is. The um, resolution agreement, I'm just going to skim to the... Um, Important parts here. On April 17, 2017, a privacy rule complaint was filed with HHS against Centara Hospitals. The complaint alleged that Centara Hospital sent a bill to the complainant with another patient's protected health information and closed. The investigation revealed that the billing statement of 577 patients were merged with 16,342 different guarantors, mailing labels resulting in disclosure of PHI of 577 individuals. Again, not a big number. Remember, the, the reporting threshold is 500. So it's not a big number, and it's only one complaint. But because they stood their ground and said, no, we're, we're right and you're wrong, they're, now they're on the hook for $2.175 million in two-year two corrective action plan. After conducting a risk assessment, Centara Hospitals notified HHS, HHS of the breach of PHI affecting eight other individuals. Further, the investigation revealed that Centara Hospital provides services involving the receipt, maintenance, disclosure of PHI for its member covered entities, but Centara Hospitals did not enter into any business associate agreements with their business associate until October 17, 2018, so a year and a half after this breach. Centara Hospitals allowed their parent corporation and business associate, Centara Healthcare, to create, receive, maintain, and or, or transmit PHI on their behalf and to provide services involved in disclosure of PHI without obtaining satisfactory assurances and Centara Hospitals failed to notify the Secretary of Breach of Unsecured PHI. Uh, not that they failed, but that's what it says here, not that they failed, but they failed to notify the correct amount. Um, HHS has agreed to accept the Centara Hospitals have agreed to pay HHS the amount of $2.175 million. Centara Hospitals agree to pay the resolution amount of the effective date of this agreement as defined in paragraph II.14 by automated clearinghouse transaction pursuant to written instructions to be provided by HHS. Sounds like an opportunity for a BEC. But anyway... Um, the corrective action plan, Centara Hospitals have entered into and agrees to comply with the corrective action plan attached to Appendix B, which is incorporated into this agreement by reference. It is a two-year corrective action plan, as I reported earlier. Um, so that sums it up, really. So that here's the following... Here's the covered entities designated as part of the Centara affiliated covered entity collectively referred to herein as Centara Hospitals. So you have Centara Norfolk General Hospital, Centara Lay Hospital, Centara Careplex Hospital, Centara Williamsburg Regional Medical Center, Centara Virginia Beach General Hospital, Centara OBC Hospital, Centara Northern Virginia Medical Center, Centara Martha Jefferson Hospital, Centara RMH Medical Center, Centara Princess Anne Hospital. I mean, one of those hospitals could afford $2.175 million, so I would imagine this is a drop in the bucket for them. I think the corrective action plan will probably cost them more. Um, so that, you know, that just it, it really shows us two things. It shows us, one, that if the OCR says, no, you're wrong, this is what, what it really is, just listen. Just listen. You're not right. And it shows that you cannot you cannot um, improperly, you can't improperly notify HHS. You can't say it's 8 when it's 577. If they tell you it's 577, it is what it is. And you need to, you need to deal with it the way you're supposed to deal with it. Um, but it also shows that uh, it doesn't matter what the size of the, where, where the complaint comes from or how it started, how it, how it became noted, noted by the HHS, by OCR, that there's an issue because it took one person to make a complaint. 
and it seems minor. Oh, I got the wrong information in the mail and in the, the bill. And a lot of people would just rip it up and throw it away. But it's not minor. It's one complaint to the HHS. And as a result, you now have to pay $2.175 million and deal with the OCR for two years. And OCR, the way they do things is they'll say, you need to accomplish this in 30 days, and this is your 60-day milestone, and this is your 120-day milestone. So you, you're going to be under their, their thumb for two years and 10 hospitals. It's probably pretty expensive to do that. Um, so that is our, our HIPAA education piece for the week. Um, we're going to move on to the breach report. We have a lot to report today. So more popped up this morning. All right, the HIPAA breach report. Let's get started. Lots of stuff here. Criminal HIPAA violation case sees healthcare worker charged on 415 counts. A former employee of ACM Global Labs, part of Rochester Regional Health, has been accused of accessing the medical records of a patient without authorization on hundreds of occasions in an attempt to find information that could be used in child custody battle. A criminal investigation was launched into the alleged HIPAA violations by Jessica Muir, 41 of Hamlin, New York, when it was suspected that she had been abusing her access rights to patient information for malicious purposes. Christina Chiacci was previously in a relationship with Myers, half-brother, and has been in a lengthy child custody battle in court. Chiacci, or I'm not sure how we're saying it, Chiacci heard about a historic visit by her own brother to the emergency room at Rochester Regional Health when she herself was unaware of the visit. Suspecting snooping on her family's medical records, Chiacci reported the matter to Rochester Regional Health. According to court documents, the Rochester Regional Health audit revealed Meyer had access to private medical records of Chiachi on more than 200 occasions between March 2017 and August 2019 without any legitimate work purpose for doing so. It was also confirmed that Meyer had access to medical records of members of Chiachi's family. Chachi reported the criminal HIPAA violations to the police and an investigation was launched. Meyer was arraigned in Gatestown Court on Tuesday, February 11th, 2019 on 215 felony counts of computer trespass and 215 counts of misdemeanor unauthorized use of a computer. Meyer pleaded not guilty to all counts and the case is expected to go before a grand jury. If you go in somebody's medical records, you deserve to be charged. You deserve to be held accountable, Chachi told News 10 NBC. Chiachi also believes Rochester Regional Health should be held accountable not for the breach itself, but for the failure to identify an ongoing privacy violation that spanned more than two years. The unauthorized medical record access was only discovered after Chiachi reported the potential privacy violation to Rochester Regional Health. I feel like Rochester Regional pay, pay her all year to go in my medical records, said Chiachi. Upon discovery and unauthorized access, Rochester Regional Health took disciplinary action against Meyer. HIPAA requires healthcare organizations to implement safeguards to ensure the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of patient information. Even if access controls and other measures are implemented, it's not possible to prevent all cases of improper accessing of medical records by employees. However, when instances occur, they should be identified quickly. HIPAA requires audit logs to be maintained to track access to protected health information. Those logs allow audits to take place, as was the case when the matter was brought to the attention of Rochester Regional Health by Chacha. HIPAA requires all HIPAA also requires audit logs to be regularly checked to identify unauthorized accessing of PHI. Had the audit logs been monitored more closely, the privacy violation could have been identified and sanctions could have been applied against Meyer sooner. So that's where Rochester Regional Health is going to to take a hit is because they were not monitoring their logs, um, apparently. And so they should have been monitoring those and they would have caught it before it was identified by the victim herself. Um, we have the 2020 ProTensus Breach Barometer Report reveals 49% increase in healthcare hacking incidents. So 49%, this is from to, from over 2018, so 2019 over 2018. And they expect that number to actually go up even more because there are some that still haven't identified the number of records and so forth. Um, and we still have a week left in, in reporting for 2019, even though this report does say that it took an average of 80 days, I think it said 80 days to report 
when you're supposed to report in 60 days. Um, so the average was 80 days. There was a 174.5% increase in the number of breach records from 2018 to 2019. There was 41.4 million total records breached, but that number is expected to go up. There were um, the number of, of breaches over 500 was 572. And what other information can I tell you from this? Uh, it's really not good information. It's gone up, and, I, and they expect it to go up again this year. So the 80 days is is a little bit higher than the previous year of 73 days. And um, the one good the one good thing that came out of last year is the average time to discover a breach went from 255 days in 2018 to 225 days in 2019. So that's a little bit of an improvement. Um, still not great. That's still you know two thirds of a year that somebody's sitting on your records and you're not even aware of it. PHI of 109,000 patients potentially compromised in Washington fishing attack. Belleville, Washington-based Overlake Medical Center and Clinics is notifying 109,000 patients that some of their personal and protected health information was potentially compromised as a result of a December 2019 phishing attack. The phishing attack was detected on December 9, 2019 and a password reset was performed to prevent further unauthorized access Overlake determined that one email account was compromised on December 6, 2019, and access remained possible until December 9th when the account was secured. Further email accounts were compromised on December 9th, but access only was only possible for a few hours. So this illustrates the fact that there's no MFA. If multiple accounts are compromised, there's definitely no MFA. Even if one, there's probably no MFA, but multiple would definitely. And there's no education because we're multiple employees are being compromised, then they have not been educated. Vibrant Care Rehab Phishing Attack impacts 1,655 patients. The California physical therapy provider Vibrant Care Rehab has discovered an employee email account has been compromised following a response to a phishing email. Unusual activity was detected in the email account and third-party computer specialists were called in to investigate a potential breach. The investigation revealed the email account was accessed by an unauthorized individual between August 20th and August 2017, uh, August 20th and August 27th of 2019. Um, so not sure why it took six months to report. And then they go on to say a painstaking analysis of the email account revealed it contained the protected health information of 1,655 patients. Um, they all say no evidence of data access or data theft was found and no reports have been received to suggest the patient information had been misused. Um, generic stuff when they say those things I will say that a lot of times this information doesn't get used right away Mo most of the time it doesn't so we have um, my eye doctor which is based in Colorado had two different HIPAA breaches to report the first the network uh, the first was 1475 Colorado residents that's um, that had their information potentially compromised due to a, a ransomware attack. So certain my eye doctor systems were accessed by the attacker on December 11, 2019, and ransomware was downloaded and deployed. Steps were immediately taken by my eye doctor to prevent further unauthorized access and restore all affected rec records. The ransom was not paid, which is good. While it was possible to restore the majority of the encrypted data, some files could not be recovered and remain encrypted. A third-party computer forensics firm was engaged to investigate the attack and determine whether any data had been stolen prior to the file encryption. The forensics firm found no evidence to suggest data had been exfiltrated, and the attack is believed to have only involved the file encryption with a, f with a view to extorting money from my eye doctor. So all in all, all said, they did pretty good. They reported just over 60 days. Um, they were able to restore most of the data pretty quickly. They didn't pay the ransom, and it doesn't look like there was any theft of the data, although you can never be sure. Um, so good job there. With that being said, let's move on to the second one. Improper disposal incident after effects 7,983 patients of today's vision Willowbrook. My eye doctor has announced a separate incident that resulted in exposure of protected health information of 7,983 patients of today's Vision Willowbrook, which is acquired by Capital Vision Services, DBA, My Eye Doctor, in February of 2019. On or around May 21, 2019, My Eye Doctor discovered historic records of today's Vision Willowbrook patients had been disposed of in an improper manner. The records had been discarded in a dumpster near Tomball, Texas, instead of being securely destroyed. 
The records contain information such as names, addresses, dates of birth, social security numbers, clinical information, and billing information, and related to patients who visited today's Vision Willowbrook between 1997 and 2003. The, imp- the incorrect disposal was reported by the media, local law enforcement and officers visited and collected the records. My eye doctor said based on the prompt action of Tombo police and securing the records, there is no indication that any unauthorized third parties had or will have the opportunity to misuse any of the patient information contained in the records at issue. Now, I don't know why we're still throwing medical records in the garbage. That should not happen. Um, again, and then it took them uh, 10 months, uh, nine, well, nine months to report. Why did it take so long to report? That seems like an issue to me, but um, there's probably some mitigating factors here that we're not aware of. Monroe County Hospital and Clinic's email breach, another one of impacts 7,500 patients. Albia, um, Idaho-based Monroe County Hospital and Clinics has discovered an unauthorized individual has gained access to its email system and potentially viewed or obtained the protected health information of approximately 7,500 patients. The attack was discovered on December 19, 2019, and a computer forensic expert was engaged to investigate the breach and determine the size and scope of the attack. The investigation revealed several employees' email accounts had been accessed by unknown individuals between October 28th and January 20th. The compromised accounts were discovered to contain protected health information. The exposed information varied from patient to patient and may have included name, address, date of birth, medical record number, dates, service, insurance, status, payer type, diagnosis codes, reason for visits, and other treatment-related information. Some patients also had their social security number exposed, and those patients were offered credit monitoring, of course. Um, so yet another phishing attack. And we have Wise Health System notifies 66,934 patients of phishing attack. Surprise, surprise. Wise Health Systems in Decatur, Texas is notifying 66,934 patients that some of their protected health information was potentially compromised in a phishing attack that occurred on March 14, 2019. Wise Health System previously reported that phishing attack to the Department of Health and Human Services, Office of Civil Rights, on July 13, 2019, as having affected 35,899. So they originally reported about half of what they're now reporting. The total has now been updated following the completion of a data audit. Data audit commenced on June 2019 and has only just been completed. New notifications started to be sent to affected patients on February 13th. In March 2019, several employees responded to phishing emails and disclosed their account credentials. Not smart. No education yet again and no MFA yet again. The attackers used those credentials to access the employee kiosk and attempted to reroute payroll direct deposits. So it doesn't sound like they were after healthcare records. It sounds like they were just asked after some money. Security protocols required two checks to be issued to employees. It's amazing how they have the security protocols in place for payroll, but not for client data. That That's impressive. So they have a system to protect payroll, but not protect client data. Um, moving on, PSL services discovered employee email account breach. Peregrine Corporation DBA PSL services discovered unauthorized individuals have gained access to email accounts of several employees from December 16th to December 19th. A breach was suspected when suspicious activity was detected in the email account of an employee, a third-party computer forensics firm, was engaged to investigate the breach and discovered several email accounts had been compromised. The type of information contained in the compromised email accounts varied from patient to patient and included names, date of birth, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, medical information, and Medicare numbers. The compromised accounts are being reviewed to determine which patients have been affected. The incident is still being investigated, and final number of individuals affected has not yet been determined. Affected individuals are being offered free identity theft protection services, and written notices will be sent to affected individuals as soon as possible. And then here's the part that that gets me. PSL Services is reviewing its security measures and will implement additional safeguards to prevent similar breaches from occurring in the future. Um, So we don't know what those safeguards are, according to them. I mean, it should really be cut and dry at this point. And then we have, uh, I don't remember if I reported this last week. I believe I did. So I have a malware attack disabled services at Physician Network affiliated with Boston Children's Hospital. And then Central Kansas Orthopedic Group suffers a ransomware attack. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this in last week's episode, so I'm not going to talk about those. 
on this week's episode. So that is going to do it for the Proactive IT um, podcast. Until next week, stay secure. Thank you.